when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. I'm John Holmes, it's The The One Show Show, and this is part two of this week's The The One Show Show, the podcast that watches TV's The One Show on your behalf and then analyses it all as though it mattered. If you haven't listened to part one of this week's, why not go back and do so? Otherwise, this podcast might make about as much sense as the actual one show, which is none. My guest today, comedy writer John Morris and advert star Tom Price. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. <Thanks>, <laughs> Men's particularly, their noses can grow by about 30% in volume oh. um, during middle age. <laughs> is that right? Is that, right? <laughs> that was a good fact, that, actually. That yeah, fact. that was my favourite fact. That was the, yeah. I wrote that down and went, ooh. Um, and, then, and then, there's a there's a film, and I'm looking forward to hearing you guys do some comedy riffing on this one, the piece on learning disabled parents. Over to you, John and Joel. Yeah, honestly. That, no, no. Do you, awesome. you want me to take this? No, <laughs> Jen, Jen, you've been John fired. can't get sacked from his own podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can't do that. We don't have the power to fight. Um... It was that was mental because it came out of that quite harrowing thing about missing children and went. You're about to have a baby, Alex. Close your eyes and imagine a 22 foot baby. Just close your eyes and imagine a 22 foot baby. Which is my favourite length of the week because it was the close your eyes. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine a 22 foot yeah. baby with my eyes open. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But it was. It was. And she just shivered and he went. He's not going to make you give birth to it. It's just a link. <laughs> but it was, it was the first only good handbrake turn, I thought, that was really, really good. Was, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And then they cut to, it was an enormous puppet in a Halifax open-air theatre right. thing yeah. that was done for uh, people with learning uh, disabilities. Which is a brilliant, uh, I think it's a kid's show that they're making, yeah. the CBBS or something. And it, was, and it was, yeah, and obviously what it was was completely magnificent and inspiring and great. And I went, oh, that's just a big baby. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was. It was It was sort of like uh, operated, like War Horse. It yes. had like kids around it operating the great like the, Sultan, like the Sultan's War elephant <laughs> thanks that, that Tom Robinson <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't realised the learning disability thing because I was too busy staring at the baby because Matt had said imagine a 22 foot baby and then I saw one yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just too busy staring at the weird sinister looking baby giant I'm Joyce Lee and the element of theatre music 3D projection and a giant mechanical baby will be under my direction very scary and the woman who made it said well I wanted to make it a giant because having a baby is a big deal so right. I made a 22 foot baby there you go yeah it's, and it was you know, good. It, see the logic yes, there. It sort of had a, a whiff of like, the Olympics opening ceremony. It was that kind of spectacular thing that you went, this is unarguably a good thing, and it's saying a good thing that's really yeah. interesting. And you watched it and went, it was another one of those one show things where it's sort of, 
boring television that you can't object to because it's been done from a really good place. Yeah. That's right. And the one what, show is Halifax. The one show has got this thing where it's it's the kind of television it's you can't object to it no. because if you object to it you hate good people. Yeah. yeah. But you go actually this isn't very interesting. No, it was really boring. What you've done is you've made a twenty-two foot baby piece of what looked like amazing theatre. You, I didn't see the story and I don't really follow it. And at the end of it, you went, I've just spent six minutes watching something that I can't object to because <laughs> it was really worthwhile. But I haven't enjoyed watching it. But I'm not allowed to say that because oh, they've done a really good thing. Yeah, and yeah. the one show is made entirely of that. Mm. And a lot of television appears. To be, I think BBC One appears to be full of people doing things for good causes that are boring. BBC like, One e- can be summed up. The whole of the yeah, BBC One can be summed up by the Matt Baker noise. Oh well, that's nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's their output <laughs> policy. And it was oh, that. Well, that's so nice. when you have a thing about some people from EastEnders are running a marathon, you go, yeah, uh, it's not going to be very interesting, is it? No, and then it wasn't very interesting. Like- they ran up and down a hill, mm. and that was it. And all like I was sitting there thinking, I can't even. You can't even turn to someone on the sofa next to you when it's on and go, I've thought of a funny joke about this. Yeah. Because yeah. you mustn't laugh at people doing things for a good cause. That's right. This was, for, this was on Thursday's mm. episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, this for yeah. And it was in aid of uh, Barbara, Barbara Windsor's uh, partner has said yeah. he's going to run the marathon. So it was a really good thing. How proud is Barbara of the fact that EastEnders co-stars are doing this for her? She's got some great friends there yeah. that, that she's made. And the fact that they're prepared to do this for her, she found really overwhelming. She got quite tearful. I think the thing that inspired me was just, yeah, Barbara and what she's going through. There's Alzheimer's dementia, wasn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. the, and research into, into yeah. the so causes. Unarguably brilliant. Yeah. People running a marathon, yeah. it's all really good. It's a Barbara Windsor national treasure. People you know off the telly. Yeah. And you go, well, it's, this is a perfect one-show package, and I'm not interested in it at all. Yeah. It's annoying because I'm not interested in it. Nothing's awkward about it, and it doesn't make for good content for this podcast. So what is the point in them yeah. doing it? <laughs> if we can't sit here and sarcastically mock it. <laughs> yeah. They missed the trick of not using, because they're, they're quite big fans sometimes of using appropriate songs in the yeah, background. Yeah. They missed a trick of running up that hill by Kate Bush. Yes, that's oh, what I thought. That, that, yeah. that, should, that should have mm. absolutely mm. go to. They probably they, couldn't just clear an email, it. Just a quick email to them, John. That's all yeah. that. <laughs> I don't think they can clear any of that music anymore because they lost their oh, music deal. Oh, right. The BBC lost their big, a big PRS deal <laughs> with music and they could use any music they wanted to until about a year ago and now oh. they have to use Now they can only Muzak. use Down to Margate well, by Chas and Because in everything I've produced since then, because I didn't know about that, I've still continued using that. John Holmes going to prison soon. Sorry, back to prison soon. <laughs> Just to be good. Just to be good. They didn't make anything as well as the fact they they I thought they'd be running around Albert Square or something as part of the package. Like yeah. Yeah. You think, and the great thing about Albert Square, if you've ever been there, it's three quarters size. It's really small. It's, yeah. it, so they can uh, because of moving cameras around things yes. quicker to get things around. And I wanted to see them running. They go, we're running really fast, and then they get out to the real London and realise that it's much further. Yeah, that would have been really good. But they did. Uh, they kept looking. They were running around parks. And you went, is that? It's not Albert Square. So they hadn't done the link thing at all, yeah. which you'd expect. Them to I'd do. like to see them get on the tube at Walford and then just yeah. see John Major's cabinet going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is niche callback of the podcast right there. <laughs> I don't that know why. Very, that was very good. Do you want a good fact? Do you know where, where Walford is on the tube map? East, right? It replaces Obviously. it replaces Bow Road. Oh, that's a great that fact. That is another good fact. Yeah, I, I went to the Joel. set. I went to the set, and if you look at all the Eastender set, I went to, there's a comic, some comic relief stuff there, and I went to uh, uh, the set, and if you look at the tube map, yeah. they, they, even that's detailed, and even down to the, on the buttons and on the tickets and things, the tube maps in the thing have all got the wrong, all got the correct Eastenders universe. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Like the Marvelverse. It's in the Eastenders extended universe. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, just to bookend that, I would have been more happy if the 22 baby had been pictured coming out of a 22 puppet vagina. Mm. 22 foot That would have high. told a better story. It really would, yeah. yeah a massive, what, a, a direct replica of Alex Jones's, but sized up. Is yeah. that what you're suggesting? Yeah. Well, sized up, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Oh. And cut that, cut that. Okay, fine. Uh, speaking of which, yes. um, there was quite a lot of references to a lady's foo-foo on this week's episode. Um, before we get to the melted chocolate... Oh my God, it was oh, funny. Can I just say, if you do listen to this podcast and you don't then go and watch the one show on the iPlayer, that's understandable. <laughs> yeah. But in this instance, you have to go back. You want the last about six yeah. minutes of Jason Isaac's episode, that's, yeah. that's where you want, that's where you want to yeah. be. Before we get to it, though, um, let's Max Beasley, off the back of the giant baby... Alex's response was quite weird. Well, I am. The production, you're right after that. <laughs> oh, they were leaving the baby sleep outside on his own, even though it's a big pup bath. That's very sad. Anyway. <laughs> Why is the baby asleep? Oh, sorry to have baby panic. Yeah. Got really, really panicky yeah. about it. And, look, and she, she was so panicky, it didn't make sense what she was saying. She was in a complete emotional yes, she state was. about a big wooden baby being and left. That's probably when they went to a. Tomorrow's your last show. <laughs> I was going to work right up to the birth, but now I've but got I've to go. T- I've been told I can't. <laughs> but then Matt then turned to Max Beasley and just said... I don't really want to go into the gynaecology issues, but you did play a major yeah. gynaecologist, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where are they going with this? Oh, God. Also, that, I, I, that slight worry you get when someone's been on a programme playing a vet and then they ask yeah. them vet questions and you go, they're just an actor. Well, although Alex then said, well, I know, I know he's played a guy. Uh, we've been having a chat. He's got all of the terminology. You and you've got, you've already got the, um, been having chats about various bits yeah. and pieces. <laughs> Don't let Max Beasley attend the birth. <laughs> He's got um, all of the terminology. That's so what? weird. He knows all the words. Yes, that's what actors do. Stop. Just the words. <laughs> Ask him to apply the terminology to a visual representation uh, of those things, and he can't do it because he's just an actor. Let's talk about the melted chocolate. God. Is that built to a climax? Hop back to Easter Monday and Jason so, Isaacs. Jason Isaacs, there were there were wonderful moments in, in the Jason Isaacs episode. Um, him talking about climate change, having just flown back from Seville. Yeah. Him listing off his charities in the mo- the faux modesty. <laughs> You know, I'm lucky enough to get to work for, you know, help people out because this stupid job I do, this crazy thing I do called yeah. acting, I get to work for a few of my charities, like Cancer Research and Macmillan and uh, Alzheimer's and UNICEF and Red Cross. And it's no big deal, Oxfam. So I do a bunch of stuff for the Red Cross and Great Ormond Street and Lumos, Joe Rawlings, amazing charity and uh, yeah. Mary Curie and whatever. <laughs> just kept pumping up. You could hear his publicist frigging herself off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. This is good. This is good. Say Netflix again as well. Oh, say Netflix again. <laughs> So all that was amazing. Already, Jason Isaacs had given this podcast so much. And then at the end, yeah. they've got pictures. Of you sent in eggs. your pictures of eggs you've left in the boot. Yeah. Which again, it's again. the most one show family. <laughs> Already, it's wonderful. Send yeah. us your pictures. Yeah. Of, uh, I've often left eggs somewhere. Not in the boot, though, but everywhere. A different type of egg. Did you notice? Because I, I hadn't seen them. I think they used to do them in a different format. I like the big red frames. They've got everything in. Yeah. I go, well, I think for this, the Turner Prize, I think we should just exhibit them in a gallery. Out of context, one, one show, show red frame. photos <laughs> that have been sent I think in. it would I win the Turner Prize. Anything big that happens in our lives during the week now, we should say, this is a one show red frame moment. So they're holding up the big red heavy frames of melted rabbits. Oh, <laughs> oh and they, I mean... John, you have to describe oh, it. Oh, it's... it's Oh, it's well. First, before they even got to that bit, they they were showing these pictures, and then um, was it Matt or Alex? One of them said um, someone sent this picture because they left uh, they've, they've left some bunnies in their car and they've melted. Oh yeah, and Jason Isaacs went, "Oh, don't leave your bunnies in the car." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, This is coming from Shani. Uh, oh, she kept her Easter bunny in the car. Sadly, obviously, it was the wrong place. To yeah, keep it, don't, there I are. wouldn't keep real bunnies in the car either. Here he goes coming in again. Yeah, exactly. with his, with his yeah, yeah, yeah. Derail the humour <laughs> by suggesting that there are dead rabbits in a car. Yeah. What are you doing? Terrible way to die. And this melted chocolate egg, then, in a picture, 
It was a white, quite posh, like a Witted's egg, wasn't it? Yeah. And it had melted into a very specific shape. Yes. You and can imagine c- if it had inverted... It's basically it melted and it kind of inverted itself. To and be. they yeah. cut to Jason Isaac's face and he had the <laughs> naughtiest look <laughs> in his so eye. Naughty. And he goes, I've done this. I've derailed it a few times. Yeah. I've got a winning thing. I'm, do you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> and they cut back to Alex Jones's face and she said... Don't go there. Okay, let's move on swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> it did... Well, then, then what did he say? He then said... Now, that's like a Rorschach test. Because what he could see... Yeah. It's a lady's food. Big fanny. But that's right. <laughs> it was a melted chocolate fanny. Massive fanny. We've been watching that twat for half an hour, yeah. so it's, it's only reasonable. <laughs> and you could see... He, he, yeah. he was going, And they, I think they said at the end of it, and that's the end of the show, forgetting they had yeah. Rodrigo Gabriela. They tried to get out of it they so said, fast. Let's stop, let's stop, stop. Yeah. Because but Matt, God. it went over Matt's head. Yeah. Matt didn't notice. He didn't know, he didn't it know. was a joke between yeah. between Alex and uh, and Jason, Jason. and she it's just quite said, flirty. And she it was it, well, yeah. It, yeah. So she turned to Matt, thinking Matt had no knew what was going on. No, he wasn't in on it at all. And he was, no. and, and she said, "Say goodbye, Matt, quick." And he went, and he sort of went, "Why?" Because uh, <laughs> you're holding a red frame of a chocolate twat. <laughs> and then he, but then he looked at it and still couldn't see what was going on. Say goodbye, Matt, quick. Huh? Say goodbye. And then he said, "Well, okay. Uh, well, thank. That's all. We, that's all we've got time for. We got to. Uh, we got to go." And then he went, "Oh no." Okay. Well, that is almost all we've got time for. <laughs> oh, actually, we've got a little surprise oh, yes, for you in store. So we're not actually going to say goodbye, goodbye yet. But let's say a very big thank you to Jason. Thanks. For that. We're not going to go. No. They've come all the way from Mexico. Because uh, someone's in my ear going, yeah. two minutes, Mexicans. two minutes. The Mexican. Don't there, there are the two. Mexican. Now they were originally from Mexico City, but were discovered busking on the streets. They've gone on to sell over two million. And this is Rodrigo e Gabriela. I've seen these guys live, and the great thing about them is they do heavy metal uh, mariachi guitar. Yeah. They both are ex thrash metal guitarists. Yeah. Of course I'm, you've fucking seen them yeah, live. Because I'm fucking like that. I go to fucking Latitude. Did you watch them in Albert Square? Yeah. <laughs> before they were famous, before they were on the one show. But they're great and they do quite intense thrash metal mariachi. <laughs> but because it's the one show, that was then the cue to play the slideshow of people's sunny days. Mm, so they start yeah. going, and there's a caption comes up going, Marion Friends at Gobbins Cliff Park. And that got so funny. The more intense the Mexicans got, and the more banal the days out were. <laughs> it was in Monmouth shit. It was just <laughs> brilliant. It was magnificent. Yeah, it really was. Nowhere good. else on this earthly plane will you get a Hollywood A-lister comparing an Easter egg to a twat, <laughs> followed by thrash Mexican metal Mexicans. thrash metal buskers and people talking about Monmouth shit. It is a pinball free associating <laughs> orgasm. This show. I fucking loved every second. I of know. It. You heard a great big owl? Yes, they make this podcast. Yeah, but not just this podcast. You're shitting me. Name some others. Well, there's Trolled. We had Luciana Berger and Gary Lineker coming on. Oh, yeah, and there's Crime Club. Did you get done for that? Yeah. There's The Fear. It's a kid's show. They really, really scared me. There's Always There. Thanks very much, because I would never have gone down Howard's way had you not asked me. There's Friends with Friends. Shoving a funnel in Joey's mouth and Rachel pours fat down. (laughs) And there's Ask the Nincompoops. Kids ask us the questions they want answered. That's for kids we shouldn't have sworn earlier. Bollocks. Quick, play the sting. Great big owl. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. 
yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Oh, can, can I mention something as well, which I hadn't noticed before, which is you know, the big telly. That they've got the big screen. So yeah. They'll pull back and there'll be something on the big screen. It's where they show the bit of the OA or whatever. That's right. It's on the big screen. And the telly appears to be, because it's not usually in frame, it appears to just be on in the background, like the one show is. And they've got their own telly they've left on and aren't really watching. And it ended, I think it was Thursday's one, ended with a big picture of Frank Skinner on it, looking quite frightening, like the thing at the end of Star Trek, that horrible <laughs> face. And it pulled out and I went, this is a hellish vision of ambient telly left on. And that's the one show just feels like you've left the telly. It's on. not a telly, it's a hellmouth. There yeah. was a, it's Frank Skinner. <laughs> Frank Skinner coming out of a hellmouth. There was a new speaking of that telly, there was a new that's that's not a good word for vagina. There, <laughs> <laughs> um the new camera angle. There's a new camera. So, so I hadn't seen this before, and obviously, you know, I have to watch this. Can thing we have a, a jingle lot. that goes, new camera angle, and drop it in whenever they get a new one? Well, the sting, it's a feature. Well, I've got one now. Yeah. We'll just use that. Um and and that screen was uh, they they looked normally they look straight down the barrel right yeah, yeah. but on the beginning of Tuesday with Max Beasley they had a clip of a picture of Max Beasley yeah. doing something before they showed him on the sofa with his dad but they were looking to their right down the camera and yeah. behind them was was a screen which yeah. has never been there before oh. Max, I know, is this a new director what's trying what's to mix things there? up I don't know what had happened there I've got a guest director like they did in the yard well, we Tarantino's come in <laughs> for one week you don't know though do you because there are no credits on the one show Ever. What do you mean there's no credits? In fact, cause no, because it, no, it occurs naturally through the action yeah. of the wind and the rain. Because nobody wants it on have... their CV. That's hilarious. There's never I any credits. No, I've never it, noticed it just, that. It just ends. It and just you get, stops. You get that Albert Sustainable little logo yes. down the bottom, which uh, Jason Isaacs would be keen on. Is he the director? Is it Albert Sustainable? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's made by people on work experience. That's why. Well, it would explain it's a lot. I think, BBC what, work I think it's not made at all. I think it happens naturally. The BBC just chants. This is a byproduct like Marmite of the brewing industry. While the BBC chunters on, the one show just pours out of a pipe somewhere. Yeah, that is the most beautiful description the one show. It's a byproduct. Marmite to the brewing industry. Yeah. That's what the one show is. While the BBC's That's making like great. Killing Eve and, and yeah. Fleabag and things. And, 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 it's and, Danny DeVito to Arnold Schwarzenegger, isn't this, it? This is yeah. the stuff that, that, that naturally pours out of. It's the flame burning off the top of a rig. God, that's great. <laughs> Oh, put that in your trail. <laughs> Cut to ads. The vegetarian curry for the children, by the way. Yes, which was made by a man called Beef. That's Amazing. exactly the point. Tonight, we're likely to cook a um, vegetable curry. There's so much stuff here. There's obviously some fresh broccoli. At this kids' dinner club in London, manager Beef is preparing for a busy shift. I rewound that three times going, did I hear yeah. who used the name <laughs> manager Beef? With the help of Emma Thompson, yeah. who turned up. Um, 
it was. I like that they hadn't told the children that Emma Thompson was turning up and who Emma Thompson was. Yeah. But she was vaguely recognised by one of the kids. As Nanny McPhee. Nanny McPhee. Who, who sort of said, you sound a bit like Nanny McPhee. Emma Thompson said, so do you like Nanny McPhee? Yes, I do love Nanny McPhee. But it's not long before young Serena clocks that there's something familiar about today's chef. You're a gorgeous trio, I have to say. Oh, yeah, do you like Nanny Whitfield? That makes me so happy. That's my favourite No. So that was quite nice. Yeah. Lovely, quite yeah, like yeah. that moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like I didn't recognise her from Harry Potter, and she's in Harry Potter loads. They then said, and you're in a new film uh, called Late Night, which is about a late night female talk show host. Mm. Um, uh, tell, us, tell us about that. But she didn't at all. She went completely off on a tangent talking about the role. She sort of said, yeah, it, how did she get into it? She sort of said, she's gone back onto the subject of young people and this yeah. generation. So it was something to do with Me Too and women in television or something. But then she said she wrote, she wrote a letter to when she was 20. Yeah. She wrote a letter to Willie Whitelaw. William Whitelaw was Home Secretary and we were doing um, footnights. I wrote him a six-page letter about the arrival of junk food in this country. And I said in that letter, I was so young, but I just, I said, you are building a time bomb mm. for this country. And I didn't realise how, how terribly true it was. She's a pain, and it, and it, and you think you've stuck your beak in even when oh, you were twenty. But then she said, and he didn't read it; he ignored it. And now look, <laughs> so she is. I tell, I tell she you, what, I love us an actor's overreach. Like, Every now and again, you get a little I didn't hint. Like you. I, it's a bit rich her saying about people not reading things because she hasn't really read any of the scripts for the film she's been in. Because when they say what are they about, she doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was really noticeable that when they said what's this film about, you go, I think she doesn't. And also, probably a lot of actors. They, you made this a year ago, two years ago. She oh, can't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. Why would you, but it's, yeah. you mustn't ask an actor what the plot is. Because they don't remember, no. it turns out. Let's talk a little bit about the films this week, because I, I couldn't work out which film I thought was the most boring. I don't know whether it was York Minster in Flames oh. or Sister Netball. They were quite underwhelmed. York Minster in Flames, they'd done because of Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, I, I, when, when so does not, that mean there was a producer somewhere... When Notre Dame went up, they were like, hey, holy shit, we've had that film about your sister well, on the know, for I, 34 years. Well, because it, it was quite all linked. And I'd forgotten that your mentor had burned. It was quite a reassuring thing when Notre Dame went up. And I remember when I was a kid that this happened. And then I, I looked at the footage and went, does this just happen to cathedrals? Are they so full of God? Yeah. Is it like Raiders of the Lost Ark that every 800 years they just burst? Because it, from the footage you went, this has happened before. It's like the Hindenburg. The it's Holy, high risk. The Holy Spirit is flammable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a well-known thing. If you pray enough, yeah, things like, burst into like, It's like white spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, are they walking? Are people you're mostly going, yeah, we've done this before. We can go and fix yours. And he went, well, just, I don't know, make them less flammable. But it seemed to be just footage of the same thing happening twice, which yeah. you go... That would test my faith. Easter services at York Minster. Packed with worshippers from around the world. But 35 years ago, it was a different story. Flames leaping into the sky. The great concern was this fire's got every chance of spreading to the rest of the Minster. I remember people weeping outside. And as the roof began to fall, some of the big bosses from the vault started thumping on the ground. Something terrible was happening to a building that you loved. Again, there's a bigger subject here you're not talking about. <laughs> there, are, there are fire risks. Well, when, you've create, when you believe in a faith where the where baddies, evils, the, the wrong ones, yeah. it's all built around fire and flames. Yeah, yeah. When that comes to the thing which you think is the good place, yeah. surely... You're going to ask some questions. You're going to ask some questions there. It was good, though. I, 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 liked, I, liked listening, I liked listening to firemen talking about them breaking the... Old roofs. Yeah, smash the roof good. down. Smash the roof down. Yeah, actually, good technique. Stop the, a fire. They stopped the fire by t- smashing the roof in because yeah. that just left the stone and all the wood crashed to the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that happening because Blue Peter had a competition to design a replacement boss. 
And it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing conversation in my family that both me and my wife are both annoyed that our bosses didn't win. What's a boss? Oh, you mean the bit at the front? Uh, no, it's the, it's the thing. When there's a vaulted ceiling, there are little roses yeah. in the vault, and that's called a boss. And the, there was a Blue Peter boss, which is a really big competition. That was Biddy Baxter, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a Biddy Baxter mounted up there somewhere. But yeah, both of us didn't win that, and we both remember it as an enormously annoying thing. Is that what brought you and your wife together? Yeah, yeah. anger, oh, rage, boss imagine. rage. The, the one film will make a film about this story. That is absolutely perfect for the one show. And now uh, we meet comedy writer Joel, who met his wife. Um, hey, when they both lost the Blue Peter no, competition. He's a comedy writer, so he's his own boss. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's lovely. Oh, lovely. He always uh, speaks like he's just got into a bath at just the right temperature. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's lovely. That's exactly. Right. That's what the one shows. It's like it a is, tepid bath. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly right. Exactly. Um, the, the, he did though, didn't he? He described the sisters, the netball playing sisters, mm. uh, off the back of the film, yeah. which I really struggled with because I just found it so dull. Yeah. Uh, he, Sasha back and, he, and Kadeem Corbin. That's them. And he was so excited. Just oh, that's uh, that's magic. Wasn't that a magic that story? That was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> magic. I wonder, was it? Because of hard work. Actually, well, I was going to ask this because you, you like the sport. And, mm. I've noticed, and I thought, am I not getting anything from this because I don't really like the sport? I don't follow sport. I don't really get the romance of it. And I thought, it is really nice. These sisters are very good at netball. But it's that strange thing. Whenever I watch someone who's doing really well in a minority sport, as in they're not going to be a football star yeah. and make millions of millions, I go, your whole life. Yes. You've done it. Basically, because the sacrifice in being good at sport is so huge. And I don't understand it because I'm so unsporty. Yeah. And I watch someone going, you, I know this looks like you've really used your life well, but I think you've wasted every living second <laughs> to become excellent at the thing that 20 people yeah. watch. Yeah. Yeah. And, that just, and that's end. awful of me. It's my fault. But I go, oh, God, when your parents made you do this. And the girls are sitting there smiling to camera going, yeah, it's just been magical. Thank you. you know, it's just been a wonderful few years. And you just want the camera just to linger. <laughs> Just being really good, and just yeah. the camera just stay there one second longer, and you see, yeah, one tear. <laughs> but, but also, it's just it's that thing of going. People who dedicate their life to sport, they are excellent. They're healthier than me. They'll live longer than me. They have a better understanding of camaraderie, of success and failure. Mm. They're better people than me. And I still look at them and go, yeah, but you waste your time. Because <laughs> it's a game. Because it's netball. Just a game. I mean, no, what they are, they like are just games. Like if you were really, really, really good at Space Invaders, we would pity you. Mm. But yeah, because yeah. you're moving around. Also, they talk about how good that's they not are geeky. at netball. They say how good they are at netball. They're the best ever. And then they showed a clip of oh, one of them God. throwing the ball to the opposition at the end because she thought the it game was, the was over. And it was the first clip they showed she, them playing. She, I went. I was waiting for them to do amazing threw things. Threw the ball at, a, at the other team. One of the worst times was Commonwealth Games 2014 in Glasgow. We had 30 seconds to go. We were drawing. I then threw away the ball. That was devastating. It was really hard for me to see that happen. It was tough and it was just about sticking together. We win together, we lose together, we learn together. She's shit at netball, isn't <laughs> that was she? A, that was in the Commonwealth Games. Yes. The biggest thing she did. That I think if you were watching this clip as a kid, the first, you want to show them being amazing, don't yeah, you? Yeah. And it, it showed them being shit. And here's a clip of her. At the end, she yeah. thought the game was over and they were there was a draw and she thought the time had run out and the clock had run down. So she threw the ball. The opposition, the New Zealanders, the Kiwis, went, oh, thanks very much, mate. <laughs> and uh, it's good of you to do that, yeah. And then the New Zealanders ran down the court and, and scored a goal and won the game. See, like, why, why is it okay for you to do that accent? But every time I do a Chinese one, everyone shouts at me. <laughs> Hang on, I was doing Chinese. <laughs> It's, I bet it's, they also it's, didn't show the beating she got from her parents. So you've got oh, that clip where she's being interviewed and she's saying how much she loves the sport and a tear rolls down her cheek and then the camera just moves slightly and then says, Dad, just out of shot. Yeah, 
Keep saying you like this book. <laughs> the pushy dad. There's always the pushy dad. Yeah. I know. And I, I just, I, I, yes, I find it really hard to watch. So I go, this is, the, yeah, they are a success and they are brilliant. And I yeah. go, yeah, but you could have, I don't know, cancer or something. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. What a miserable way. Do you watch all sport like that? At no, the like, end. So like, what, Liverpool have just won the Premier League and you're like, yeah, but you haven't built an A road, have you? Come on. <laughs> built a cathedral. Uh, <laughs> uh, mentioning fathers, we should finally mention. I think Max Beasley's dad needs another mention. Why was he there? I don't know. He was gone. He didn't stay. He, I wrote down. Mad drunk uncle. This is so weird. I Because really, he, he didn't. Also, oh, his name's Max. Maxton. Maxton. But they've done a Lawson, haven't they? Yeah. He's Maxton and his son's Max. Max. What they, they sort of ignored them. He acknowledged the out of shot studio audience a lot um, by doing hand gestures and waving at them. If you didn't know, if you weren't a one show viewer, and knew there was an audience you, you'd think he was just seeing things that are off that you can't see he's like waving at ghosts or something in his oversized suit jacket with his one Why show wearing that jacket? I don't know and then, and then I sort of thought this man doesn't know how television works he's no. never been on television before. No, there's nothing wrong with that why would you no but it do you know that's not true? I looked him up. But that's yeah, the thing. So Later on, they said, um, this is your second time on no, the one show sofa. No, more than that. I looked him up and thought, who are you? And he used to be a performer. He was on 321. Oh. He used to be one of the sketch actors with Ted Rogers. He is a oh, rehearsed yes. entertainer. And he went, you look like you've just never been on telly before. Yeah, or looks, anywhere. Or out of the house. He looks like <laughs> or the a last meta one, person. He looks like the last one left at a shutdown Butlins. That's, <laughs> that's all I can see when <laughs> I see Just him. mournfully switching the light off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, he's the, the captain he's, on the Titanic. He's rogue Bovis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maxton, your boys have gone on to do well in life. They've done very, very well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more proud, I've got to say. And yeah. it's just great for me, you know, to be on this. The second time on the show, I was on seven years ago... And I did so well. You <laughs> Brilliant, Maxton. Absolute magic. But it's extraordinary. And what I, I'm sorry, I know I've mentioned this already, but I'm obsessed with the fact that he had a cue card because he didn't say. What did it say on the cue card? Don't say fuck. What? <laughs> yeah. What was on there? This is your son. You are called <laughs> yeah. Max. It, arrow, son. Two arrows, Alex, Matt. He then said, um, when they were talking about lookalikes and how he looks like Max to get into which that whole lookalike, which he doesn't exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and he said... It's just your blood's 30 years older than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Younger. Younger kid. Younger. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I tell you what, with that up, in mind... I'll build up to this. Uh, we and, want to introduce and you sort of go... Oh, it was awful. Well, and then there was an awkward moment when everyone realised he got it wrong. It started to laugh and then stopped. Yes, because everyone thought, oh, the joke. oh, he's got... Oh, oh, is there something wrong with... Is he... Yeah, did he just awful. get that wrong? And, and I think that was the thing that was written on the cue card for him, but he didn't oh, look at it. no. <laughs> that maybe. was what was on the cue oh, card. Oh, it reminds me of a friend, my friend Gus Brown. Do you know Gus Brown? Yeah. yeah. He tells a story about meeting Russ Abbott on a holiday somewhere, and Russ Abbott was at the bar and started telling Gus a long anecdotal joke story thing, like it was a bit of stand-up, and just completely got it wrong. Mm. And left big pauses and scratched <laughs> his head, and, and then just went, no, I'm terribly sorry, and just walked off, and he never saw him again. Wow. Isn't that tragic? Walked into the desert. Yeah. The long walk. He did. Oh. He did. <laughs> also, Dalai Lama again. I was going to say, last time I did this, they had a feature on the Dalai Lama. I think the Dalai Lama is quite a regular occurrence on the Dalai Lama's a weird person because he is very religiously important to a very specific and small group of people. Yeah. But we're all meant to feel he's ours. Mm. It's a really what you go, yeah. this is a religious figure. It's like, if it was the chief rabbi, I'd go, well, that belongs to the Jewish That's community. Theirs, yeah. But Dalai Lama was go, yeah, it's very, very holy. I went, I don't believe in this. No, I don't believe not. in reincarnation, but I'm supposed to give him enormous respect. Went, this is clearly 
sorry, this is bullshit. <laughs> but you're not meant to think that because he's ever so holy and it's a very persecuted country. That's really yeah. interesting, actually, because they did the thing about he and he ordained that kid yeah. and said, oh, you are the Panchalama. Yeah. And we all go, well, it's terrible the Chinese government stole the Panchalama. No one actually says, well, wasn't it a bit cruel to identify, say, a child. To identify a random child and say you've got the hopes of an entire religion on your shoulders? That's a very yeah. good point. And, and because, of, because of this, uh, you're likely to get uh, mm. removed by the Chinese. Yeah, so, exactly. Right. Good, yeah. Luck, good luck, kids. By, by a deadlock. Cheers. <laughs> we're, we're saying that the Dalai Lama is one of the most irresponsible people on earth. Yeah. Mm. And that's recorded. That what we're saying. Yeah. There's yeah. one way we should end this podcast. The Dalai Lama is a fucking prick. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use that chisp. <laughs> uh, we should also say that, that, that all vagina conversations were made by three middle-class white men. Oh, so that's, that's going to go. Know, well. going really, really well. I'm actually more upper middle-class, to be honest. <laughs> we, could go, we could go again for that, thanks. So that's it from this week's The The One Show show. We'll be back next week. Please do rate, review and tell your friends about this podcast. We do only accept five-star reviews. No Pine Martins are kept in this podcast overnight. But whatever you do, remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show... The one show also looks back into you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>